Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the forgotten origins of fairy tales. The podcast where I look into the truth behind our best loved children's stories. But before we get into this week's topic, I have some exciting news. Earlier this week, I did a poll on the Instagram page, Forgotten Origins Podcast, asking if you guys would be interested in future merch. And the overwhelming response was yes. So I've decided that if I get to a thousand followers on the Instagram page, I'm going to bring out some new designs for you guys to choose from. And you can choose which one you'd like or which ones you'd like on merchandise, which is really exciting. Anyway, on with the podcast. This week, we're looking into a strange story that's arguably more folklore than fairy tale. Rumpelstiltskin is a story with multiple variations across Europe, but the best-known version studied by folklorists was collected and recorded by a duo we're very familiar with, the Brothers Grimm. For those who are less familiar with the tale, as many listeners outside of Europe might be wondering who and what the hell is a Rumpelstiltskin, I'm going to briefly run through the Brothers, sorry, the Brothers Grimm's version of the tale. A miller has a beautiful wife, of whom he is immensely proud. One day, the miller makes an empty boast to the king of the land that his daughter can spin gold out of straw. The king, taking the miller at his word, has the miller's daughter taken to a chamber and told to spin all the straw in the room into gold, if she values her life. Just as the poor girl is beginning to despair, the door opens and a little man enters the chamber. She explains her predicament to him, and he says he will spin the straw into gold for her, if she gives him a gift. She takes off her necklace and the little man takes it, and, true to his word, he spins all of the straw in the chamber into gold, and then leaves. The king is delighted to see this, but because he is greedy, he locks the miller's daughter up again with more straw. And once again, the little man appears and agrees to do the same as before, but in exchange for a new gift. The miller's daughter gives him the ring of her finger, and he starts spinning for her immediately. Once again, the king is delighted, but growing greedier still, locks her up again, this time in a bigger room with even more straw. Once again, the mysterious dwarf-like man appears and agrees to help her out in exchange for another gift. 
but the miller's daughter, having nothing left to offer, agrees to give the little man her first-born child when she's queen, knowing she cannot succeed without his help. So again, we've got someone offering up their first-born child, getting flashbacks to Rapunzel. The king is so pleased with all the gold that he marries the miller's daughter, but when she gives birth to her first child, she forgets her promise to the little man, who appears in her chamber and reminds her of it. She begs him to release her from her promise, but he refuses. Instead, he says, that if you can guess my name in the next three days, I will let you keep your child. The queen sends out messengers to see if anyone knows the little man's name. But after the first day, they return unsuccessful. And the same occurs the second day. But on the third day, one of the messengers reports that he overheard a funny-looking little man dancing with glee around a fire. And in his song, he lets slip that his name is Rumple. Stiltskin. When the little man returns to the queen on the third night, she tells him his name, and in his rage at being thwarted, he puts his foot straight through the floor and promptly splits it in two. So everyone lives happily ever after. Well, except Rumpelstiltskin. So that's the brothers Grimm's version. But actually, the earliest recorded version of this exact story was written by scholar and humorist Johann Fischart in 1600. In one of his previous works, Fischart describes a game called, and I'm, I'm sorry about the pronunciation, but I'll do my best, Rumpel stilt oder der Pompart. In German, Rumplen means to make a noise, Stiltzer refers to a man with a limp, and Popart was a goblin. So in this game, a young child is chosen to play the goblin and chase the other children around, making scary sounds. And most folklore historians believe that this game was where Fischart got his inspiration for the fairy tale. But tales resembling Rumpelstiltskin can allegedly be traced back over 4,000 years. Yep, you heard me right. 4,000 years. And pop up in different cultures all over the world. It seems as though there was almost a simultaneous evolution of cultural thought because these variations are just slightly different versions of the same narrative and there doesn't seem to be a clear original tale. The protagonist is known as Tom Tit Tot in England, Whoopity Story in Scotland, my personal favourite, Giltrut in Iceland, Jodane in Arabic, Martinko Klingak in Slovakia, Rudikuelito in South America, and there are other versions from Israel, Serbia and Japan. So why and how are these cultural tales variations of the same core story. Well, some argue that at its centre, the tale simply relates to the struggles of society trying to survive. So the protagonist, I'm going to call him Rumpelstiltskin for argument's sake, 
represents the moral and environmental obstacles an early society might encounter. The child, on the other hand, represents the society's desired goals and overall survival. And in order to survive, they must overcome and manipulate the moral and environmental changes. Or Rumpelstiltskin. The tales also centre around the importance of a name. Which is really interesting because demonic entities, according to demonologists, are stripped of all their power when confronted with their own name. Bit of a fundamental flaw if you ask me. So perhaps Rumpelstiltskin is a kind of demon. And this would definitely make sense in Fischart's version, as the early 17th century, when he wrote it, was still in the throes of the witch trials, so demonic witch stories were all the rage. So I guess why these stories evolved at the same time, internationally independent of each other, is a mystery. But please let me know if you have any theories or thoughts, because I think it's really interesting. So that's all for this week. I hope you found it interesting and not too frustrating. Next week, we're in the musical world of the Pied Piper. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow me on Instagram for all the updates at Forgotten Origins Podcast. That's all one word, Forgotten Origins Podcast. And don't forget to recommend it to friends and family you think might also enjoy it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.